Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad, nope. Bad, me. oh wait, hang on, sorry, let what? me let me start again. Bad girls, bad girls, what you gonna wow, do? an all-female What reboot? you gonna do when we She's come so for brave. you? She's so brave. Oh my God. <laughs> Kaylin, I just like, I was gonna join in, but then you were doing such a good job that I'm like, she's she's got wow. it she's a got star it. is born star- yeah that was your I'm a <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so here oh, we are yeah. we are the bad girls we're the yeah we're the bad <laughs> girls this time mm-hmm. um but we're here to talk about the bad boys because we weren't given a choice right um welcome to the Bechtel cast yes my name's Jamie Loftus my name's Caitlin Durante and we are the bad girls and that's what we're gonna when Allison Bechtel inevitably sues us <laughs> uh we'll change the name of the podcast to bad girls uh-huh. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that the sequel for bad boys for life is actually not a reboot that's an all-female like bad girls it's, reboot. it's the trend mm-hmm. it's the trend but um you know they had to make cops cool again at the politically <laughs> advantageous time to reboot this franchise so uh-huh. plot can you do and i mean plus the chemistry between will smith and martin lawrence i mean i want martin lawrence to get as many checks as humanly possible (laughs) i love him so much oh man martin lawrence formative crush oh really yes but but wait what is the podcast i don't know (laughs) i I forget Uh, Uh, we talk about the representation of women in movies mm -hmm. and how it usually doesn't do a very good job it doesn't Uh, see this movie uh yeah because we automatically (laughs) just talked about men for two minutes right um we use the bechdel test as a jumping off point for discussion the bechdel test being a media metric Invented by Alison Bechtel, sometimes called the Bechtel-Wallace test, that requires that two female-identifying characters with names talk to each other about something other than a man. Can this movie do it? Oh. I was honestly on the edge of my seat. I mean, we'll talk about it. 
but there's a conversation to be had. I think it does. (laughs) I was shocked. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to all those haters out there who are like, do they just spend an hour trying to figure out if it passes the Bechdel test? No, we we know (laughs) going in. We we usually have the answer. Yeah. So we are talking about Bad Boys 95. We have a guest. You know her. You love her. Oh, man. Is this time three? Third time. Third. Yes. Yes. She's an actor, comedian, host of Scam Goddess podcast, and she's been on the show twice before uh, on our 10 Things I Hate About You episode and What Women Want. It's Lacey Mosley. Hey. hey. Welcome back. I'm so happy welcome. to be back. Welcome. I love this pod. Oh, we we love, love all you. your fans. They're so nice. I mean, you're They're, a fan favorite. The so I love welcome. you back. I love you guys back. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Yay. And for bad boys. For bad yes. boys. Yes. So we're doing... We, uh, uh, we were thinking about doing Bad Boys because the franchise, as Caitlin was alluding to, is being, I don't even, is it being rebooted if it's the same cast? I think so it's just continued. It's a sequel. I've seen a little bit of the script. I can't Ooh. say everything. I actually turned down audition for this movie. Not, no, not to flags. I was, wow, I was really that... tired. But um, <laughs> I was working on something else and I got the audition and it was just a character that just wasn't me. It was like a badass with tattoos and like <laughs> nose weapons. And I... <laughs> went into like I was self-taping because I was shooting in Georgia and I did the tape like six times to the point of like exhaustion and then I asked the guy who was taping I was like if you were me would you send this tape and he was like no <laughs> I was like you right you thank right. you for your honesty thank you right. for your honesty yeah. <laughs> I like the truth I was like you know Ooh. what and I won't uh, <laughs> um, but it's so it's um, just like the third installment of this sequel so it's yeah. not necessarily a reboot it's right. just okay. the third it's just like they made the third one very very, very far away from the second and first. They just took a well, long the, the break. Second, I mean, it's sort of like the Before Sunrise trilogy because they're almost like, they're like eight years apart. Like, because the first one was eight years after, or the second one was eight years after the first one. Yeah. And then this one is, however, like over a decade after that. And 17 yeah. years yeah. after. So they, you know, they're in and out. Mm-hmm. The, the bad boys. They got a story to tell every once in a while. <laughs> And this is their most recent story. And, uh-huh. and I guess that uh, one of the credited writers on the new Bad Boys is Sally Field's son. Oh, so a word. big okay. win for nepotism. <laughs> um, I always love a, a good nepotism pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're just like... Because um, nepotism rarely wins. I I just am like, who... <laughs> nepotism should be like a category at award shows. Right. <laughs> Who did nepotism best? Best Who daughter obs- of a <laughs> actor in a lead series. Who Let's did you not realize had a recognizable last name? Is it Maya Hawk? I think Maya Hawk's one of the new nepotisms. The new nepotisms. That's my sh- show I'm going to write. Well, sometimes it gets switched up because like Judd Apatow's daughter doesn't have the same last name. Or does she? I know. I don't like a sneak attack oh, of nepotism. Right. She doesn't have the same no. last name. Hold on. I got to go with it. Does she? I, like, sometimes- no, she does. It's Maude Apatow. My bad. Oh, okay. that, that one's very clear. <laughs> <laughs> when the nepotisms sneak in on you, I'm I'm like I how dare like I mean Jennifer Aniston Daddy was an actor yeah and that snuck in on us because we I really didn't know didn't, that yeah mm-hmm. it, they, uh, well then you got like Nick Cage who changed who was Nick <laughs> Coppola and then changed his name because he's like I don't want nepotism well he t- yeah but it's like but he's, we knew Anderson already Cooper right. is a Vanderbilt yes oh what yes. oh it's that old nasty that was, money honey. <laughs> <laughs> Though there's like a documentary about him and his fancy fancy mommy 
because his mom's Gloria Vanderbilt. Yes. It's like the fanciest, ugh, and it's you're wow. just like, oh, no. I love it. Uh. I love it. If, <laughs> if I had that last name, look, flaunted. Don't be out here trying to be like, I earned my stripes. Bitch, please. There's right. no way in hell. <laughs> Even if you change your name, bitch, you're, you can't change your area code. You can't change your family <laughs> connections. You might as well just listen. If I yeah. was Lacey Winfrey, you would know it everywhere I went. <laughs> I'd be like, don't make me call my mama. Don't make me call Oprah, Okay. <laughs> Everywhere I went, yeah. Lacey Winfrey. <laughs> I'll be at the Starbucks. Lacey Winfrey. The character you should do. <laughs> Two pumps of vanilla, bitch. Don't you forget it. Did you ever have the Oprah chai at Starbucks? No. I've had the Oprah everything. My mom has oh, an Oprah it? room in her house. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm not even kidding. That's wonderful. Yeah, I loved the Oprah chai so much. I, no, I didn't have it. It tasted the same as the regular chai, but I <laughs> but just, richer. But richer. I paid forty cents extra just for that, for, just for the name. I feel uh-huh. like you're you getting a hug from a woman with large breasts <laughs> and also caffeine. That's what the Oprah chai feels like. Oh, feels okay, like. so uh, back to Bad Boys. What was the movie? <laughs> uh, Lacey, what's your history relationship with this movie? Um, I mean, I loved all the Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was a great time for black people in cinema. It's big action films, lots of baddies, loved Gabrielle Union in one of them. You know? Bad Boys 2, yeah. I'm into it. I've been into Bad Boys. So watching it again with this eye for uh, feminism, you know, I was very nervous because I was like, oh, I can't, yeah. don't put a bad taste on my <laughs> Bad Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really rooting for it. Mm. Well, I, was, I, I mean, there were moments where I was pleasantly surprised, but mo- but but the also moments for the time hiding. period, though, I feel yeah. like it was doing a lot more than the time period was and doing. In context, and I'm this is the last time I'll jump to the defense. I promise. But for Michael Bay, we've seen much worse. We've that's what I was going to say. We've seen much worse from Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's also not. But that's not a fair yardstick. <laughs> no, it's it's totally not. Oh, okay, uh, Jamie, what's your history? Uh, I saw Bad Boys Two at a drive-in movie theater when I was ten. I really liked it. N- didn't go back to get the other VHS. This is the first time I've seen the first one. I've okay. seen the second one before. I don't know. Like I, all my cousins really liked Bad Boys, and I knew the song. But it was another one of those things where my family was kind of like. That's not a movie for girls. Boys is in the title. So, so like if 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 I had, I would have had to really make an effort to to see the first one, just because if Boys was in the title, I wasn't going to be able to see it really. But uh, yeah, saw it at the drive-in, liked it, and and for all of this movie's faults. Caitlin, you admitted it in the text thread mm-hmm. too. It's a fun rom. It's a fun rom. I had. I was not <laughs> bored. I was, which is saying a lot because the movie that Michael Bay makes after this, The Rock, a lot oh. happens, and I'm so bored. Yeah. So this movie is is the performances are are solid. The chemistry. I'm telling you. The chemistry. You. They're on fire the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, it's good. Uh, I had never seen any of these movies uh, until prepping for the episode. I watched Bad Boys one twice i watched the first half hour of bad boys two didn't finish it in time before we had to start recording and uh yeah that's my very short history but like i said it's i never thought i would sort of like a michael bay movie and yet here i am i'm like this is it's fun it's fun it's fun i didn't realize it was a michael bay movie until we were like starting to prep for it i wouldn't like i don't know whose movie i thought this was but Mm. this is also michael bay's first movie yeah directorial debut for a feature yeah 
I realized it from the shots. It's definitely yeah. a movie that you need to watch in theaters because mm-hmm. you need to, for it to make sense. Because on your television, boy, oh boy, all those slow circular camera pans <laughs> angle up to the sky, uh-huh. you know. He goes full corny uh, so many times. So many times. I'm really excited for Context Corner for this because I have a bunch of quotes about the production of this movie. And as with all Michael Bay projects, it's like... You can't imagine, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, just like how he like orchestrates somehow the corniest possible shot every single time. Where like suddenly Will Smith is shirtless. In the Why movie. is he? Like, he's like nah. running, and then his chest is just there's, out. There's a whole story. I'm very okay. excited. All right. Well, uh, should I do the recap? Yeah. Is it time? Okay. Mike Lowry, that's Will Smith, mm-hmm. and Marcus Burnett, that's Martin Lawrence. They are cops in Miami. It's very yellow at the beginning. <laughs> they Michael or Michael Bay, is that like a Michael Bay thing? I guess he, I just think of them as on fire. Right. <laughs> he he does a lot of like post-production coloring of his footage, but they're driving around and then some criminals try to carjack Mike Lowry's car. Marcus fat shames one of them and then yep. uh but here's the thing, they're bad boys, so they stop the criminals. Or is okay they're bad boys and they say so. They okay. Because I for a, a minute I was like, wait, are they the bad boys or does the bad boys refer to the bad guys that the cops are trying to capture i wasn't super clear they're, on that they're the bad boys they and are the, bad, the boys. bad boys for life they're the bad boys As for life you're know, right it, it, t- it took them 25 years to admit it but they're <laughs> the bad boys for life so they stop the bad guys not to be confused with, with the, the bad, bad boys, boys. Mm-hmm. the bad boys are the good guys yeah but the, ba- the, bad, the bad guys are the bad guys, guys. yeah okay yeah. i get it <laughs> So then we learn more about uh, Marcus and Mike. Marcus has a his wife, Teresa. And boy, is she his wife. Oh, boy. Here's Can what we know about this woman. She, she is, is his, his wife. wife. And he wants to have sex with her. But she's mean. Frigid. Yeah. She's a frigid. She don't want to have sex. You know how no. wives be. <laughs> Uh, her name is Teresa. At least we know her name. We know what her name is. What does she do all day? God only we knows. Simply don't know. Um, <laughs> and they have three kids together. But Mike Lowry, on the other hand, he's a bachelor womanizer playboy who has a lot of sex with the ladies. Uh, and that first scene where he goes to Martin Lawrence's house and then he's like, "Hey kids, want to hear about this lady I fucked last night?" And then <laughs> the wife is like, "No." <laughs> and we're supposed to be like, "Oh, she's such a buzzkill." You're like, "No, don't." They're like small children. Yeah. They weren't teenagers. <laughs> Come here, little 8-year-old. Want to hear about this ass I got into last night? Like, what? Kid what? was like, "Uncle Mike, did you go on a date? He's like, oh, I went on a date. You're like, no, make this stop right now. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. So then we cut to the bad guys. Again, not to be confused with the bad boys. The bad guys are breaking into somewhere and stealing something. And now things are very blue. Then Marcus and Mike, a.k.a. the bad boys, they head to work at the precinct. And it turns out that the robbery that we just saw was heroin being stolen out of their evidence locker. At least it's not DVDs. I was like, (laughs) I thought it might be something really silly, like the first Fast Fast and the the Furious, Furious, (laughs) where they're like, DVDs were stolen. Yeah, Bodies so time, will roll. It's like many millions of dollars worth of heroin. Yeah. 
and it was from Mike and Marcus's like biggest drug bust. Yeah. Joey Pantoliano is their police captain. And then this other captain, a woman, um, <laughs> watch out, hello. Uh, Allison Sinclair, uh, another captain. I loved all 45 seconds of that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she is like breathing down Joey Pants's neck and she's like, this might be an inside job. Figure it out before the press gets involved. So then the bad boys start trying to figure out who stole the drugs and they go to this boxing gym where a woman named Max, she like Mike Lowry is like, hey, Max, let me know if you hear anything on and the she, streets. And she has a crush on him. So she's like, okay. okay. And then she's like, and let me know if you. And he's like, yeah, we'll see. Anyways, she dies. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. Then they go to this rich guy's house, and he, I think, was the one who installed the ventilation system that the bad guys snuck through to steal the heroin. Hmm. When they get inside the house, he's dead. So Mike and Marcus, who, reminder, are cops, they just start rifling through the crime scene, getting their fingerprints everywhere before any sort of like crime scene photos are taken, Mm -hmm. you know, just spoiling the whole thing. Also, lots of banter about the dead guy. Yes. You know, they keep it funny when there's a body in the room. Uh Like, let's keep it like, yeah, like Martin Lawrence is like, oh, it's stinky. I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) He like almost pukes all over the body. Why you gotta act this way every time we run? dead body you know every day we would be dead like what why and then they just have a banter and i'm like this man is dead here okay (laughs) yeah okay so then max who we find out is a sex worker and her best friend julie that's taylioni Mm-hmm. go to a guy's house because Max thinks that he might be in on this like drug heist thing mm-hmm. uh, and then he brings out a package of the heroin on a platter and we're like oh yes he is in on it but then suddenly a bunch of bad guys show up and they shoot and kill Max yeah. uh. after a long monologue and, and lots of like making them dance around it was like if yeah. you knew were gonna kill everybody in here why you gotta talk so much beforehand they go <laughs> die like and before you die let me tell you this like what they could be dead yeah just kill them and go <laughs> right but then okay so julie who had gone to the bathroom and missed out on the killing spree witnesses all of this and manages to escape escape on her own on her own i was like okay michael mm-hmm. bay movie Woman yeah got to do thing yeah okay uh, that's surprising yep so she now, gets to jump in a pool. Right. <laughs> so now the bad boys have to figure out who this witness is and they have to find her. But she calls them first. but And she wants to talk to Mike Lowry because her friend Max had like talked him up so much. Yeah. But he's not at his desk. And she's like, well, I only want to talk to Mike Lowry. So then Marcus pretends to be Mike this over the phone. This is one of the weirder plot points in the movie because it like they could have bailed on this lie pretty early on and probably like with no consequence. Right, I think it seems but like they it wouldn't with it. Right, they really like <laughs> do- keep doubling down on it. Yeah, so this like it's funny, but it, like why? It's yeah, it becomes you like got to a- trick a woman. It's the nineties. <laughs> what right. do you mean? Right. Uh-huh. Every movie gonna- in the nineties is about tricking a woman. Yes, <laughs> they're just doing it to do it. After a while, <laughs> yeah, it oh becomes this God. weird like Shakespearean comedy of errors yeah. thing. We're like, okay, <laughs> it's uh, fine. It's weird. It's weird. 
But it's a Michael Bay movie. Anyway. Right. So then Marcus goes over to her apartment, still pretending to be Mike Lowry. And the bad guys show up. He helps her escape this time. Then Marcus, still pretending to be Mike, takes, (laughs) takes Julie to Mike's apartment and leaves her there because she refuses to go anywhere for protective custody except for Mike Lowry's condo. So, which is like hard to trace the logic there. I think maybe because her best friend trusted him. Also, the guy who got murdered in the heroin thing, who was also a criminal, was a cop. So she was like, Oh, the cops are dirty. I can't go there. They're going to give me up. So let's go to your house, Mike Lowry. Okay. Okay. She (laughs) makes sense. (laughs) That helps clear that up. That's how all black people say his name, Mike Lowry. And then, like Lowry seasoning. <laughs> so now they got to do this whole switcheroo where Mike has to pretend to be Marcus and stay with Marcus's his wife. And they don't, but they do for some right. reason. <laughs> and then Marcus stays at Mike's place pretending to be Mike and he's protecting Julie, the witness. Then he starts showing Julie mugshots to see if any of the people are someone that she recognizes as one of Max's killers. And there's this one guy that she does recognize, Noah. So then Mike and Marcus go to a nightclub called Club Hell. (laughs) (laughs) You know it's lit. That was that was a big one for me. I yeah. loved it, and it and it follows through on the name. That club oh, was I can't hell. wait. Scary, yeah. I mean, there's scary. like brown piss in the urinals. <laughs> You're like, who goes here? There are like bodies hanging from the ceiling that are wrapped in aluminum foil. That's where you go when you want something bad to happen to you. <laughs> like, that's where you go when you have a death wish. Hey, you y'all know? trying to get Natalie Holloway tonight? <laughs> we going to club hell. <laughs> There's also like this giant fish tank that serves as a window into the men's restroom. Okay. (laughs) But to be fair, if there's not a fish tank at the club at the movie, Mm -hmm. are you even at a club at the movie? And then also, what are they going to smash into? Yes, that's that's true. You got to break the fish tank. That's the rule. That's the rule of fish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the new rule, rule of fish. So they're at Club Hell to look for Noah, the bad guy. And Julie decides that she's going to go, too. And she brings a gun that she gets, I guess, out of Mike's apartment. And the bad guys and the bad boys, they all spot each other. There's there's this big fight that breaks out. Then there's a car chase. The bad boys and Julie get away once again. But they still don't have any real leads. Then there's this whole thing where, like, Julie pretends to be horny for Marcus and then she's like, wow, wow, Will Smith is so hot. And then it leads to this misunderstanding where Marcus thinks that Mike is having sex with his wife. It's all so unnecessary. <laughs> and then, like, then they wow, have a fight. how unnecessary all this is. <laughs> In a kiddie pool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because the thing about Mike and Marcus is that they're bad boys for life, but they also fight they a lot. They have so much testosterone. <laughs> My favorite part of that is when they finish the fight, the, a gun slides out of the kiddie pool. So they've been fighting like armed <laughs> they could have killed each other. They were just wrestling with guns. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so masculine. Uh, yeah. but I won't date so a man who masculine. hasn't wrestled once with a five firearm. <laughs> <But they're, yeah. sighs> okay. So then. <laughs> that is ridiculous. 
So they're still trying to figure out who is behind stealing the heroin and like what they plan to do with it. Mm-hmm. Then Marcus's wife, his wife, shows up and she's mad at Marcus for lying to her about going to Cleveland. But it's still framed like, oh, she's such an obstacle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> she's why is she so mad? Uh-huh. Believe the lies I told you, Teresa Wise. <laughs> God. But then this also means that the jig is up and Julie now knows that Marcus was lying about being Mike Lowry. Just then, the bad guys show up again. Another gunfight ensues. And the... And we got a damsel, this tale, Anne. Yes. We got a damsel. They kidnap yeah. her and they get away with her. Because she's emotional. And that's why she decided to become a damsel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she yep. was so smart the rest of this time. And now she's like, I'm just going to walk the streets by myself because I'm mad at you cops. Right. <laughs> right. Bye. Her, her immediately excuse. snatched. <laughs> her excuse is like, well, if Marcus's wife can find us, then the bad guys can find us too. And it's like, that doesn't track i don't Mm, think like marcus's wife would know where mike lowry lives anyway so (laughs) they've kidnapped her and they're getting away so now mike and marcus only have a a couple hours before the big deal goes down and suddenly there's another important female character francine she is i think like a secretary yes at the precinct I thought they they were maybe a little mean to Fran. They were a little hard on Francine because Francine, they the the bad guys mm-hmm. go to get information from her and they're like, "We'll kill your son if you don't give us the information." So obviously she gives it to them, and then she reports this to Mike, and Mike's like, "Okay," like he's like he's right. like, I was like, oh, "What what choice did she have, Will Smith?" Yeah, she's being blackmailed. I think with like photograph, they like yeah, nudes. We, yeah, they oh, took nudes of that? her, and then they were threatening to post them at her son's school. Oh, so they weren't even threatening. I don't even think they were threatening to. No. Kill so it was like a horny blackmail. <laughs> Oh, and also very so low stakes blackmail in the 90s because like how far could you get with some nudes online Dude, you know what? it's not like now we could put them on twitter back then it's like old timey like what you have to scan them into the computer polaroid. Oh, you're gonna like scan a, a polaroid of me to my son's then, school yeah, like, i xerox this polaroid <laughs> that's and worth committing gonna see. felonies <laughs> Yeah, they should have tried to kill the son. That makes more sense. Oh, I, maybe I was just... <laughs> you were trying to sympathize with her. I was her. just trying to... Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, that's... that's yeah. She was like, they said they was going to upload my Fuji nudes. <laughs> <laughs> my grainy Fuji nudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Francine. She, so, but like, yeah, she's been blackmailed, so she was like giving the bad guys some information but then she helps out mike and marcus and then they know where to go now so they go to this airplane hangar because that's where like the big the drug deal is going to go down then there's another big fight and i honestly stopped writing the recap here so i don't totally remember what happens i feel like they just they win and then they rescue julie and everything they rescue her they're finally then will smith is able to say i love you to martin lawrence which is his i kind of actually really liked that little arc Anyways. Over a dead guy's body, also. Over, once again, they're standing over and like really not concerned about it. That's and where their th- moments happen. It's, oh, it's <laughs> over a dead guy's body. Will Smith is like, I love you, my friend. And he's like, wow. And then Taylor Leone's like, am I cool? And they're like, yes. <laughs> and there's a dead man there, though. <laughs> cool. And then Martin Lawrence handcuffs Will Smith to Tay. And then he's like, I got to go see right. my wife, Teresa. 
He's yeah. like, I gotta, I gotta go have sex. And now at last <laughs> I'm going to fuck my wife, who as far as we know is still mad at him. Right. So, and that's the end of the movie. All right, cool. The bad <laughs> boys, bad, bad boys. boys. What, what you gonna, gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Uh, let's take a quick break. Yeah, let's do it. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We're back and we're back. We're back and we're bad boys. 
We're back. We're bad. We're boys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can I do a little bit of context corner? Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is Michael Bay's directorial debut. He has directed some music videos at this point. He's Mm -hmm. famously directed a meatloaf music video. And so he's coming in. And but even though it's his first movie, he's very confident about his ability to direct this movie. So. (laughs) There is this great, I think we talked about it in The Rock and Trent. This is the third Michael Bay movie we're covering, and that's maybe something that we should keep in mind uh, (laughs) about our dignity. That's true. But So we've used this article a bunch, but it is an oral history published in GQ in 2011 called An Oral History of Michael Bay, the most explosive director of all time. Sure. (laughs) So I pulled some quotes about bad boys. Um, So one of the producers of the movie, Jennifer Klein, said, quote, there was no script when they started filming Bad Boys. Oh. Um, So that's something. That's not shocking. Uh, (laughs) No. Martin Lawrence does a lot of improv. It did seem like, hey, we need to fill up two minutes before we get to the plot point. So Uh Martin, you just just let it rip. Okay, fam? (laughs) We'll figure it out in the edit room. (laughs) It's just like say things. There was like a moment where Martin Lawrence should have told Mike Lowry that he had the woman in his apartment. But instead of saying that, he's like, why you ain't why you ain't come home last night from work, Pondy? Where was you? And he does right. that for like a oh, solid yeah. three that minutes. That was weird, yeah. And I was like, why won't you just tell him there's a woman in his house? He's like, yeah, and another thing, my ass is hurting today because of that bullet. And I'm like, Martin, are you going to get to the woman in the house? That was Michael Bay like being like, no, we need more screen time, more. more. <laughs> I was like, we just got to fill the time. <laughs> and it, we're, I mean, there's like the, all like weirdly half improvised scenes in Michael Bay movies are weird or offensive but like in and this one there was that weird like conversation they had about like who were the were they two other detectives who were like lucille ball is stupid oh yeah and then they said something like racist about desi arnaz and then and then and then the scene starts and it has uh-huh. yeah <laughs> there's always some uh black and latino conflict because it's in yeah. miami so they're right. like we gotta keep it true to miami the blacks uh. and latinos gotta <laughs> argue with each other listen we are gonna hire three white male writers but yeah. let's make it authentic you're like yikes uh so the most interesting part of the oral history for this movie is uh that Surprise, surprise, Martin Lawrence, not a big fan of Michael Bay's Hmm. when this movie was being made. But I guess later he was like, I guess I don't care. Hard to say. This is 2011. Maybe, you know, he has (laughs) since made a hard turn on Michael Bay. (laughs) So I'll just read this exchange. So Michael Bay says, quote, by week two, Martin was being a dick to me. And I was like, what is this attitude? He didn't trust the white man. That was the deal, unquote. (laughs) Martin... Martin Lawrence says, quote, that's exactly what it was. You know, Michael, he has a certain bravado. One time he said to me, I need your notes on the script. And I looked at him. I said, Michael, yeah, I'll get you the notes when I get to it. And he looked at me with this blank stare like, oh, he did not. So they're just like, okay. Uh, Michael Bay says, quote, eventually I took Martin aside and said, dude, what's your deal? I'm busting my ass to make you look good, make you look funny. And you just keep belittling me. Make then, you look funny to Martin <laughs> Lawrence. Like, he does not need music video director. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then here's the speech, almost like it was ready to come out. Martin says, "I'm a black man that made it from nothing." And this is okay. This is the wild. Okay. And and I said, Michael Bay said. You know what? I'm a white guy who made it from nothing, too. I grew up in the fucking valley. 
slavery. <laughs> I grew up in the fucking valley. And then the quote ends, instant respect, unquote. And then Martin Lawrence says, quote, I had to get to know him. We grew to be the coolest. This, I, uh, uh, we, mm, oh, we don't know. Don't we don't know. know. <laughs> it was, I grew up in the fucking valley. It's just I like mean, being a black man in America. Let me tell just, you. The this fucking man he's horrible um so so that's some background of where where everyone's coming from Uh, the valley i mean the valley so he's really experienced a lot of hardship coming from pasadena um (laughs) anyways um and then there's like some other stuff just about how like this is michael bay's movie where he basically establishes his corny over the top style mm-hmm. and will smith didn't okay so will smith says quote michael bay was like oh take your shirt off and run with the gun and i was like come on man that's uh, that's just on the edge of corny but michael can take things you'd think of as corny and make it super galactic iconic unfortunately i would contest this uh, yes <laughs> i mean <laughs> let's not forget that will smith is a libra so you know <laughs> He's honestly just trying to keep the scales balanced. He knows Martin's over here like, I'm a black man. Who is this music to video director? And he's like, all right, Michael. Jeez, if it's going to keep everybody on set happy, I'll pull out these six abs. Come on now. (laughs) I'm not mad at it. No, I mean, I'm glad this shot was there. I mean, I I wasn't unhappy with it. but (laughs) I will see Will Smith's abs any time you want to give them to me. It's formative. It's, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's the production background, and this movie did incredibly well. Oh yeah. Um, it had what? It had a nineteen million dollar budget, which I guess Michael Bay ended up sinking a, a bunch of his own money in it to hmm. make the explosions bigger. Whatever. Of course. <laughs> but it made almost one hundred fifty million dollars at the box office. Did really well. Meant that he could make The Rock. I mean, basically, this is the reason that we're stuck with him. Another thing yeah. I thought was interesting about the background of this movie is that originally the people that were going to be cast, but there was Ooh, some sort yes. of scheduling thing, was uh, John Lovett and <laughs> yeah. Dana Carvey. That movie yeah. would have sucked. Who that would have been would really have bad. seen that? And what that would that John movie Lovett have as even what? Been? Dana Carvey as what? <laughs> oh wait, Isn't them as the bad boys? As the bad yeah, boys? Yeah, no. Instead yeah. of uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. What? <laughs> Isn't that that's like, um, you know, ev- everything ended up better. Wayne's World. Everything ended up better. <laughs> yeah, Garth. Oh, and then hell Will, no. And Will Smith was also not supposed to be. In it, they wanted uh, Arsenio Hall. Yes, I read that. And he said no. And then they're like, all right, Will Smith. Because this was like Will Smith's movie where they're like, oh, he's like hot. a movie star. He's not, yeah, like yeah. he's mm-hmm. not just like a TV boy. So this was like big for yeah. him. They got very yeah. lucky that that casting fell through because Jesus, did they have it wrong. This is supposed right. to be a sexy yeah. Miami movie and you were going to have these cornballs. Like yeah, SNL like, actors. This movie would have been horrible. Yeah. I mean, the combo of Michael Bay's corny ass shots and then these corny ass men. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It would have been really bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, I got so lucky. Um, so so that's that's a little bit of the context I yes. got for you. Thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. So let's talk about the ladies, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this is a movie that has... Boys um, in the title. Boys in the title. So it is not too concerned with women, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, women are generally framed as either being nagging, frigid, shrews Mm -hmm. or just meddlesome 
police captains or if we're talking about Taya Leone, the main female character of the movie uh, is constantly damseled, mm-hmm. harassed. Uh, Anytime a woman shows emotions, there's like a disproportionate consequence. Like like Lacey was saying, like Taya Leone shows emotion like really one time when she storms out and then she's immediately like kidnapped. abducted. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Taylor yeah. Leone also seems to be putting a moisturizer on her legs a lot of this movie. Yes. <laughs> her legs were very dry. The most arid legs of a movie. <laughs> so uh, this is nothing new for Michael Bay, but he loves to objectify and overly sexualize women's bodies in his movie. Something that uh, stood out to me was Taylor Leone seemed to have a bunch of sexy changes of clothes at a place she did not live. Right. Yes. Uh, and she did not pack at the other place. They were no. shot out of there by gunfire. Yeah. So uh-huh. the assumption is, is that Mike Lowry just has sexy women clothes at in his her- house. <laughs> which actually could track. He's, He's a like, ladies I hope man. you're a size four. Like, she's wearing like a leather dress Mm -hmm. when she meets him i'm like where did this come from yeah well there's that scene where like a masseuse shows up at his apartment ready Mm -hmm. to like give will smith a massage and then uh martin lawrence has to be like go away honestly my dream role but so i think we're meant to believe right (laughs) i think we're meant to believe that women are just showing up at mike lowry's apartment all the time and presumably leaving items yeah. of clothing behind. And Taya's oh. like, I'll wear these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And every time, you know, Martin comes back to the apartment, Taya's like, oh, I was just lotioning my pussy. What's up? <laughs> like, where, where are Sorry, we going? I was just lubing myself up in case something happens. <laughs> uh, I have a quick list, though, of all the, uh, of the main moments in which women's bodies are overly sexualized. Uh, we've got the opening shot where a scantily clad woman gets out of the car with the other criminals, the bad guys. She just like walks past the bad boys to distract them so that the criminals can carjack them. So it's just like a woman there as a prop, basically, to distract the bad boys. Mm -hmm. Then there's the scene where that you talked about, Lacey, where she's just like putting lotion on in this very sexy way, even though she's alone in a stranger's apartment. Yeah. It's, I do it every day. It was just there was yeah. another one where like I guess they're about to go to bed and my Mar- uh, Martin Lawrence is pretending to be my Lowry, so he's mm-hmm. like she's like come to bed and then she's yeah, like got her yeah. feet up uh-huh. and she's got like a belt around her feet or something and she's just like playing with her legs. Yes, <laughs> and that's weird too because it's like we haven't really been given any indication that she's like into him. She seems very mistrustful of him, and. Right. So I think what's happening here is that she's starting to catch on to the fact she's a his bluff. Yeah. But it's not totally clear because the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, she's just really horny for him all of a sudden. And then the second time I was like, oh, she wait, no, I think she's actually trying to like call his bluff. But it's not did, clear one way or the other. So they're still well, making her stupid because the second that she sees Will Smith, she should be like, oh, I went to a house where all of your photos were there. Mm-hmm. That's your house. Mm-hmm. Like, two and two real quick. But they're yeah. like, no, she's a stupid lady with boobs. <laughs> so she'll believe this man. Uh, she, uh, and then there's like that in that same scene, there's like, I mean, there's there's a bunch of like no homo oh, moments yes. in this movie that do not age well and weren't good then. Uh-uh. Um, but like, she, I feel like that's another way she sort of tries to call his bluff. And then right. it's like it, he, you know, they immediately go full no homo. And uh-huh. then you're just like. Right. Because she sees all these photos of Will Smith in the apartment and she's like, oh, who's that? I thought he might be your lover. 
And Martin Lawrence is like, um, no, he's not my lover. I'm not gay. He's my police partner. Yeah, it's just like totally a no homo moment. Martin Lawrence is horrified by the idea that someone might think he's gay. Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) one horrible way to approach this. Yeah. Um, Uh Yeah. So I know that using Michael Bay as a yardstick is unwise. Mm -hmm. And we can't, but, but I, I mean... It it is interesting just like because we've seen so much of his filmography now for some reason to see someone's attitude towards women get worse over time. Like exp- <laughs> like there there's a lot I mean there's a lot of hallmarks of like how badly Michael Bay treats his female characters in this movie mm-hmm. but like she's being treated like a queen compared to how like Megan Fox is treated. Like it's, it's, it's a power dynamic. As soon as yeah. Michael Bay had the power, then it was like, mm. oh, okay, come here, you skank bitch. I'm going to make you a star. <laughs> right. and you better say thank you and maybe give me some sex. And he's like also just one of those guys who, you know, like before he had things in the Valley, I'm sure in his life when he was a black man in the Valley, <laughs> a big struggle for him was he couldn't get bitches. He's not like a good looking guy. Oh, uh, and by bitches, <laughs> I mean, that's what Michael Bay calls women. Right. And and I mean, I've seen him at restaurants and shit, and he's always with the youngest girls, like the no. youngest little, like, 20-somethings even, you know, 19s and 20s and no, stuff. No, 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 so I think no, it's no. a thing of, like, as soon as he started getting more power, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now, now I can say how I I'm really going to teach feel. you hoes a lesson. God, gee, it's... That does not surprise me at all. Um, yeah, I mean, the way, even in this movie where he probably because this is his first feature like he's probably not given a whole enormous ton of creative freedom at least in terms of like how he treats the female characters right I mean, but even in this movie there's still so much like objectification and mistreatment of women but i think that's just like the action franchise it's like true yeah. you're gonna have cars you're gonna have explosions and you're gonna have legs and ass and titties there's a scene where like they're running there there's like a chase one of many chase scenes but one of them they run through like a photography shoot where women are just like in bikinis and they just like interrupt this shoot they like just <laughs> didn't have to be in the movie at all there's one there's that scene where they run outside and there's um a bunch of 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 people in wheelchairs and they just knock someone over there's like why do that what are you doing right people with disabilities are treated as an obstacle in this movie And, and that's well and that's like michael bay bread and butter shit too i it sucks because it's like it i i didn't dislike julie's character at least in the abstract i feel like she at least and it sucks because i'm just comparing it to other action movies and michael bay movies Mm -hmm. so we're not operating in you know like women in action franchises still there's really not that much and if there are it's just a reboot of an all-male franchise and then everyone gets upset yeah uh but i i i did think that julie participated more than your average action sideline I mean she's still largely sidelined but at least she contributes in some moments and like there was like there's that scene towards the end where she like insists on being allowed to be there and be involved Mm -hmm. and I mean she's basically wrong because she doesn't have a weapon or any way to defend (laughs) herself or, or ability right but I was just like I guess that that huh I don't I mean I feel like she does more than your average like 
woman in a 1990s era action right. movie is allowed to do but that's not saying that that's much. not saying yeah there yeah she also she like finds because they the bad boys aka the good guys yes. are constantly handcuffing her to a vehicle um they, and, can't stop. <laughs> they can't stop so at one point she finds the handcuff keys and like steals it and hides it so that the next time they do that she's like no i'm not gonna let them uh handcuff me to the steering wheel which pays off like after she gets kidnapped she's put in handcuffs and then she's able to use those keys to free herself Mm -hmm. and then she does something and i don't totally remember i think she like drives the truck into some of the barrels of ether or something yeah i loved the barrels of ether especially (laughs) because there was a conversation between like the i love the evil guy just for purely being evil and really not being that smart he goes down to the chemist lab where they're cooking up the drugs and he's like why are my drugs taking so long and they're like it's very humid in here so it's hard to cook the drugs yeah i don't care i'll kill you both and he's like well then you won't get the drugs i don't care i'll kill you it's like this is this is not a productive conversation sir like i just love how brazenly evil he is yeah i enjoyed it thoroughly <laughs> and so he talks to the guy at the ether truck and he's like hey man watch the truck and uh be careful and then he's gonna walk away and then the guy's lighting a cigarette and he comes back and slaps him he's like there's ether back there and it's like well you didn't tell the guy who was running the truck that he was had explosives like what do you expect i loved him he was just so like one note villain uh-huh. mm. i did like i mean it is like in an action movie like this it is fun when the only smart people are the heroes and everyone else is aggressively dumb as rocks like uh martin lawrence and will smith are smart and everyone else is dumb 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 dumb, dumb. and in the way yeah yeah that- including <laughs> several of the female, female characters, characters who get not that much screen time but like well, uh, his wife is treated as usually just an obstacle true withholding uh, uh i think that the withholding of sex is like more hit on than usual oh, in that this, beca- this that's becomes like arc. a running joke with yeah them because the the first exchange of dialogue in the entire movie is martin lawrence basically saying like my wife is a shrew who will not fuck me so i have to eat this big mac in your porsche instead and then will smith's like well she's hot right <laughs> and then it's like martin lawrence is regarded as a good man because he doesn't try to fuck anybody else even though his yeah. wife is withholding sex mm-hmm. right and then a few mo- uh, minutes after that uh we see him try to have sex with his wife and she's like no you didn't come home early enough last night it's also like 7 a.m and their kids have to get to yeah, school but right. yeah she's such a bitch right. like what and then like uh, Mike keeps teasing Marcus about like not getting any from his wife. He keeps teasing himself about it. Like it's just a like a running gag. There's like a the phone movie. call or two with her where he'll like it seems like there's at least one example of Martin Lawrence calling his wife and being like, "Hey, can I come home and and you will fuck me?" And <laughs> like like this is a call that happens between spouses, and she's like no and he is like ah oh, why not and then and then like his like boss will be like hey stop asking your wife to fuck you we've got police work to do <laughs> you're just like what is this also like what a like manual for like if he wanted to cheat he should have been able to because what? she would never look he tried seven times mm-hmm. to get some coochie during this movie mm-hmm. and but then she shows up all mad when she's not sleeping with him like uh-huh. what are you trying what is this narrative right <laughs> She's raising his three children. She's busy. Yeah. Uh, There's also that scene where um, I think it's after Will Smith got like thrown out of a window and got concussed. And uh, it's when Martin Lawrence is supposed to be telling him about the woman 
that's in his apartment but instead he's like he's just yelling at him and being like where were you and then will smith is like oh listen to you yelling you're like a nagging wife and it's like oh this movie hates (laughs) doesn't think highly (laughs) of women um we gotta take another quick break but let's come back soon and talk more (laughs) okay caitlin (laughs) don't make it weird Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Yeah. 
I, I want to say one more thing about Julie while we're still talking about her. Things that I liked that she did was rescued herself at the beginning when mm-hmm. her friend was killed. She doesn't need to be rescued by some nameless male character. Yeah. I like that she calls the cops mm-hmm. and is like, hey, this is what I need, blah, blah, blah. And um, maybe that's it. <laughs> oh, and I like that And it seems like, again, it's like, Lacey, I think you're totally spot on with like just Michael Bay doesn't have enough power yet to make the movie as sexist as he would want to. But even though it's like they're, well, they do chain Taylor and Will Smith together at the end. They handcuff them together, Mm -hmm. but they don't kiss. And I Mm. thought that that was a lot of restraint for Michael Bay was that there was a woman in the movie the whole time and she didn't even kiss kiss anyone. anyone. True. That's that's some Bay restraint. Also fascinating that so Mike Lowry, Mike Lowry knew <laughs> knew that the boxing girl in the gym was a call girl. Yes. So when he finds out that she dies and like pulls up the sheet and he's like all hurt and shit, cut to Martin Lawrence being like, "Hey, I got the other girl's friend in your apartment." And he's like, "You have a hooker in my house, right? You have a hooker right. in my house." And it's like the other girl was technically a hooker too, but you seem to be very <laughs> nice to her. Like, what's with one sex worker worse than the yes. other? Yeah. Like, so this I, movie has a strong contempt for sex workers and yeah. sex work. Yes, and and I so on the Wikipedia for this movie, scholar coming at this from a scholarly perspective. <laughs> of course, Max is described as both a sex worker and his ex girlfriend. Oh, um, which I don't know if maybe it was like a line of dialogue we missed, or this could be inaccurate. But that was how I was trying to contextualize that relationship: uh-huh. is that they knew each other, possibly through sex work, but also they'd had some sort of relationship Relationship. and Mm. then i think that this movie like it's very non-specific sex work they're like it seems like escorty yeah Um, Yeah. it's not very specific about what it is but it was like pretty egregious that there's two black women with significant roles or i mean significant being a stretch Mm -hmm. but there's martin lawrence's wife and then there's max who's killed off almost right away she does a twirl though she does get one (laughs) one good spin in honey I was trying to figure out who the um, actor who played her was, and it was Karen Alexander, who was, uh, like, she has, like, a pretty cool story. She is, like, a, she is a model For turned sure. actor. Yeah, which, I mean, I think you can always tell when it when yeah. it's a model turned actor. <laughs> but she is a model turned actor. She, like, uh, did a lot of, like, cool activism work to get black models more accepted in American mainstream oh. culture in the 80s acted for a little while and now she's represented by trump model management so you know life is crazy life comes at you fast (laughs) very fast yeah Um, but yeah that was so like and then also the like madame who she has a conversation with madame lois yeah they are they are both murdered so Mm -hmm. all the uh sex workers we see on screen in this movie are punished by being murdered for being sex workers and they make it and they go out of their way even though it is not plot relevant to not make Leone a sex worker as well they go out of their way to make it clear she's like well i'm not a sex worker but i'll be an escort for tonight because you're my best friend Mm -hmm. i'm a photographer and i'm struggling the scene that passes the bechdel test spoiler (laughs) alert in this movie is so horribly written it is like it passes the bechdel test because it's julie and max talking to each other about 
general stuff they're just screaming exposition but like they're not even looking at each other like <laughs> like that's like how you know they're acting like when are you making full eye contact with someone in a scene right. <laughs> you're explaining your job and like look i am not a sex worker i don't condone sex work however i am a beautiful white woman who does photography and art exactly. and is worthy of life right. so yeah. i will go with you to this event but know that i'm an unwilling participant and then max <laughs> is like okay i still have feelings for will smith and Taylor Leone's like okay and then they walk in and you're just like mm -hmm. <laughs> like Taylor Leone is basically screaming like yeah I am a white woman who is not a sex worker like she's screaming to the audience I'm going to live right. like it's just oh it's so <laughs> much uh I I forgot that we learned that she's a photographer um, it's not so relevant at, so at least we know what she, she does something to live matter. for <laughs> photographer is also just like this it's still like the stock photo of like film jobs for wafy women mm -hmm. you know what I mean are you just a beautiful woman who's skating her way through life photography give her a polaroid she's got this <laughs> somehow this is a job <laughs> like well do uh, you think she took the photos of francine no that's not how she would use her skills <laughs> no, oh no. that would be really funny though if she was where she was she no, was I a don't bad think guy that. Um, um but yeah i guess i mean we learn again not to give this movie any credit whatsoever but i was surprised that we learn a little bit about julie in that we get a sense of some of her sort of like code of ethics in that she uh does not eat meat she's a vegetarian i liked that i thought that that was like fun and also it was like cute because you're like oh the, the boy writers are like what should we say about her <laughs> I don't eat flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She goes on this rant about bologna. You're just uh -huh. like, okay, sure, I guess. I don't know. No Dips. bologna, Taylioni, baby. <laughs> I love it. Sorry about that. Um, uh, so, yeah, we get two facts about her. But, yeah, I, they, they did Max's character so dirty. It sucked. Yeah. Like, and, and just on top of that where they... It's just like that thing where a writer knows that this character is going to die, obviously, so they don't even bother to characterize her. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, uh, we don't need to say anything. We don't even need to say if she has an interest in anything except Will Smith mm -hmm. because we need her death to move forward the narrative of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Like the narrative just like sacrifices her so that the movie can happen. Right. And it's... Mm. Also the scene where she gets shot. Michael Bay, the corniness jumped out. Like <laughs> truly. It's like she spins in a circle. He grabs a pillow and it's behind his back and then the evil guy shoots her through the pillow and then the music's right. like... Bring! And then it zooms in on an eyeball, which is like the expression of an eyeball that's just been shot. And, <laughs> and then it wasn't enough that she's like falling in slow-mo. Of course, there's a glass table behind uh -huh. her. Because why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then that scene, she also never comes up again, really. After like you get that shot of like Martin Lawrence, he's like, oh, no, it's Will Smith's ex. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, and then Will Smith goes, oh. Yeah, oh, no. and but then, but, but then, then it, they sort of stop talking about it. Like it becomes about the 
crime and the bad guys, but it sort of stops being about her. There's one really. moment when they're like, it's like after a chase scene where they the bad guys get away and they're like, darn it, we still don't know when the big drug bust is happening. Uh, and then Julie's like, who cares about that? What about us letting the killers of Max get away? Like that should be our motivation. And they're just like, oh, right, Max. I, yes, I remember her Yes, now. yes, yes. We knew Max. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's coming back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, that was the only dead body that they were somber around. Every mm-hmm. other dead body was like dead oh, yeah. comedy jam. But then, <laughs> like, yeah, Martin Lawrence being like, and we'll be like, come on, man, this is a dead body. Look, I'm gonna play with his mouth. Like, you know, just really <laughs> and they, not caring. And they kill her. Like, the, her, she's like laid out, shot to death in the most model like oh, way she ever. So They're hot. like, she looks like an angel. There's like the smallest bit of blood on the side of her face. And was like, oh, my girlfriend. Oh, my God. And then forgets about her two seconds later. Right. Uh, I'm yeah. glad that at least Tay Leone is like, hey, that's my f- friend. I'm not here for no reason. Right. right. She at least sticks up for her. Although I dead thought the friend. bad guy's plot was a little stupid. It just seems like you guys got the heroin. The girl's already with the cops, so she's talked. She's already talked. Why are y'all so focused on killing her? Mm-hmm. Like, go do the drug deal. <laughs> what? Why? Why? <laughs> She don't literally. She's already with the cops. Like it right. just seems like we should just do our thing, our drug thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of showing up everywhere that you could potentially get caught to try to kill her. There's not a lot of logic, perhaps. <laughs> logic that plays no role. Can we talk about Allison Sinclair for a second. What yes. the fuck was that? There, there um, I liked. I mean, I again, it's just like another kind of empty gesture, or like they accidentally wrote in a female character yeah. or something, where she's like another, like she's a little bit above them right or is she a detective like captain okay uh and i she she right she she comes from like internal affairs or something like that so she's presented as an obstacle as many of the other female characters in this movie are uh but she's like breathing down joey pantaleano's neck about like we gotta solve this case or else the press is gonna have a field day with us I, I mean, I, I she's definitely written to be a, a bitchy obstacle, like a, a, like a ball buster. I want to make a shirt yeah. that says "bitchy obstacle." Yeah, uh, <laughs> new merch. <laughs> um, but then she's just poof. right. She shows she's up gone. every once in a while, and then it's like it's like uh, you just Elba comes up to her and cats and goes. And then she just disappears from the scene. Yeah. Ineffable. Cavity. <laughs> Ineffable. And then she disappears. She so she's there and you're just like, oh, okay. Uh also also like they I feel like I don't know if this was just the nineties, but both the women who work for the police department have the same severe blonde haircut. Like it yeah. was yeah. I kept confusing Allison and Francine because they had the same haircut. Mm-hmm. Um and, it was like and, bleach bleach blonde. Mm-hmm. And some kind of girly how do you describe that haircut i'm like not sure hair doesn't fall that way anymore i don't know what it was a different time the the gravitational pull of the earth is different the air quality has changed (laughs) it must have been maybe was cindy lopper popular then I don't um, know. That was in the eighties. I don't remember. Was it Madonna? Was Madonna? Maybe it was Madonna. It was Madonna. It was Madonna. Bleach blonde, weird hair. That was yeah, that when she was doing Madonna. like um, express yourself. Yeah, yeah it's around that song. That song was like, like express Vogue yourself. Time. Don't repress yourself. <laughs> express yourself. Don't repress yourself. It was that hair. It right. was that haircut. Yeah. Okay. So it was the human nature haircut. There was. Oh, I love <laughs> yes. Uh, so they're so they're just like 
trying to be Madonna, but it's confusing. They were like, give me two Madonnas who work in the precinct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of them gets a few lines. The other one's a traitor. The other one's a tra- yeah, exactly. Benedict Francine. Yep, yep, that's it. And they were also wearing 90s type clothes, like which actually isn't weird to have in a Miami PD, like women dressed not like police officers per se. Because mm. that's like a thing in Miami is like the the suit leggings is what we call them. Like everyone dresses like a little more hypersexualized at the mm. workplace. Okay. So that's actually not a weird thing for the movie. Okay. okay. Interesting. <laughs> Good to know. You're both like, really? Uh, I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, I lived like, in well, Miami. No it's just, a, the, you know, you get a highlighter palette wardrobe mm-hmm. and, and everything's tied. I've never been. I've never been to Miami. It's hot. It's, it's just, just hot. hot. It's yeah. humid. It's yeah. just hot. And that's and why the drugs hot. won't cook. Because <laughs> of the humidity. The, this okay. Uh, I just want to talk about cop movies just for a moment because yeah. this is one of many, many, many that it's it's for the boys. The boy. The target audience is men. Uh, the characters are mostly men. These movies can't envision a world where women would be participants in the story in the context of anything besides them being like the damsels who get dragged along yeah in terms of cop movies that prominently feature a woman as an officer i can think of silence of the lambs i can think of zootopia i can think of (laughs) the heat and it Kind of, the list kind of stops there for at least off the top of my head. And and any and if you're a listener that's like, I need to tweet another movie. That's not the point of that's what not she the was po- saying. Right. There's not a lot. <laughs> Don't add us. Uh, and on the other hand, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of cop movies about boys. Yes. So. Um, but the fact that th- this uh, is a big budget movie with two black leads is great. Also, I don't think that people look at Bad Boys as a police movie. Um, they don't really act like police. They don't ever drive a police car. They're like, perhaps not very good at being police. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is like just your two homeboys who I guess work in the police department. <laughs> you know, just kicking it, having a good time, maybe being sexy, maybe solving a crime. Like, I've never yeah. looked at Bad Boys movies and been like, oh, the cops look so cool. However, I know that's how they're looked at by people who are in law enforcement and by men sometimes because, like, there was recently, like maybe a month and a half ago, there was a shootout in Miami where they were trying to act like fake ass bad boys. And everybody's oh. about to go down for this shit. I'll pull up the specific incident, but it was with a UPS truck. Oh. They stole a UPS truck, these criminals, and they also kidnapped the guy who was driving the UPS truck. Oh. So then Miami PD thought this was their bad boys moment. So they out on no. the motherfucking highway <laughs> shooting at the UPS truck. The UPS truck shooting back. They are high, They are shielding themselves. So I wish this was a lie. Yeah. Shielding <laughs> themselves with real civilians who are in cars. They're like <gasps> hiding behind the no. cars and shooting. I'm like, bitch, I'm not about to be your shield, the fuck? Yeah. Like they thought they were in bad boys. So, oh, unfortunately, this does really influence a lot of dumbass police officers I, oh, uh, who want to get their kicks on Route oh 66. But <laughs> I've never regarded Bad Boys movies as like, oh, cops. Like, I don't okay. think of yeah. them I, like cop movies. I honestly forgot that this was a cop movie before I started 
watch like it's, they just have guns they really could be rogue vigilantes and the movie and the movie also has the characters specifically remind you that they're cops several times and i don't yeah. think that that's a mistake because yeah they don't they don't dress like cops they don't right. uh travel in co- i mean <laughs> there's this scene and where- i think that the, I, the movie's more f- like fun that way like no one wants to right. watch a cop they also kill a lot of people so many they people a lot of people and martin lawrence at one point is like t- to uh julie uh, he's like you know the bad guy is probably already know where you live so i'll just leave now and let them come find you and kill you and good luck with that and then she's like no wait please protect me and he's like okay fine but like yeah it's like that stuff they're like rifling through all the crime scenes like messing up crime scenes like they are not good cops it's (laughs) wild I well, love the trope, and I love the trope of their boss just yelling at them like every day is their last day, you know. <laughs> but it never is. This is the last time. You're yeah. like, no, it is not. Um, one thing I did like was, and and it was was it deeply couched in no homo rhetoric, particularly at the beginning. You mm. dug it out. Yes, but when when at the beginning when Martin Lawrence tells Will Smith that he loves him, he's like, you're my partner. I love you. Uh-huh. And Will Smith is like. No homo, no homo, no homo. And we're like, ugh, I hate 1995 so much. (laughs) And then, but then at the end, there's a little friendship arc Mm. where Will Smith, in the first and only time any sort of toxic masculinity is overcome in a Michael Bay movie, (laughs) uh, Will Smith tells Martin Lawrence, you're my partner, I love you. Are they standing over a dead body? Of course they are. That makes it no homo. (laughs) As long as there's a man that they've just killed... Then we know that they're straight. (laughs) I mean, if there wasn't a dead body there, then how do we know they're not lovers? You know what I mean? (laughs) There's also, uh, so between this, in the middle of this arc, there is another weird no homo scene where I think you wouldn't even necessarily catch it unless you had the subtitles on, which is why I watch all my movies with subtitles. Brag. We get it. You can read. <laughs> I do have a master's degree in screenwriting from Boston University. Which means you it. can read. Which means I learned how to read. That's how you're like, you want to see how I can read? So good. I love watching Caitlin read, honestly. I it's a pleasure. to watch it all day. Yes. You can watch it all day. So they say you can make money out of anything. I watch Caitlin read. I pay her for it. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, no, but there's this the scene where they go into like a bodega and notable actor Sean Taub, I'm not entirely sure how to say his name, but he plays like the bodega owner and he sees that Martin Lawrence and Will Smith both have guns and he thinks he's about to get robbed. So he pulls out a gun on them, but because he... Um, English isn't his first language. The actor is Iranian. I don't know who the, what the character is supposed to be, but it feels like there's that's some a, racist stereotypes oh, happening it's there. Fully, yeah. fully troped out, <laughs> right. yeah. That, and that's like, I mean, another. I'm like, I, I was surprised there wasn't more of that in a Michael Bay movie because if like in a Transformers movie, there'll be 25 scenes like that in a row. Right. Um, also, it's Miami, so they were ripe for making those scenes because uh-huh. yeah. it's such a cultural melting pot that you can you know insert what whatever racial trope you want wherever you want right <laughs> so Michael they really Bay's went playground. limited they really like pulled back <sighs> yeah and i think still to date the transformers franchise is the worst example of the highest concentration of michael bay racism mm-hmm. and like not coincidentally that's the franchise he has the most power over right. um but yeah that yeah um but in any case so in, in this in this scene where uh we've got this bodega owner who he, he's saying something like uh, he's holding a gun to them and he's like i will blow you meaning like 
I will blow you away with oh, my gun. Yeah. <laughs> and then Martin Lawrence is like, blow me. No, you can hump me, but blow me. Like, it's really weird and it's, it's really like, hard to arrive at the <laughs> offensive joke they're trying to make too it's called improv it's, <laughs> yes yes oh wait Martin Lawrence just had that at the top of his head how incredible there although I, at the end of that scene I like how that scene ends when Will Smith has the gun and he's like get me was like bubblicious and skittles and you're like damn it michael bay you got me you got me at the end but it was it was it was racist and homophobic and then they and then they somehow stuck the landing horrible i think well i think those lines were improvised so it has nothing to do with michael bay it was yeah it was it was all the bad will and martin um and skittles i i laughed (laughs) i laughed uh a similar joke is made in a similar racist joke is made in this movie that is made in Transformers where a character speaks a few words of Spanish and then a character who does not speak Spanish is like what the hell did you say yeah. um English please especially in Miami this is especially ridiculous especially like, working for the police right <laughs> like so y'all you ain't never had to speak to nobody in Spanish you don't know what right. the word cajones means you've never heard that word before okay <laughs> One sure. time for the xenophobes. <laughs> so we need, they need content too. Uh, but it is Michael Bay's favorite joke because he keeps using it over and over oh, again. Oh, he uh, thinks it's hilarious. He tell he regales all the nineteen-year-olds he hangs out with. with <laughs> hilarious joke he came up with thirty years ago. Literally. Oh my god. My favorite part of the movie is. Oh. Here we go. Ready hit for it, this? Hit okay. It. At the very beginning, when Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are being carjacked, they're like, hey, we're cops. You're messing with cops right now. And the carjacker's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a stand-up comedian. And I suck. I liked that, too. I was just like, what? What?" Representation of a man, of a stand-up comedian who's a man, admitting that he sucks at stand-up comedy. Hasn't happened before or since. I know. We need to see more of it. Incredible. I forgot. I really did like that, too. That's excellent. Did you guys know that Michael Bay's first job in film was working on Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. How weird is that? He was like an intern on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my gosh. Do you think he met Alfred Molina? He better not have. He better stay the <laughs> fuck away from him. I I would be yeah. so pissed if they've met. Um <laughs> just the meeting (laughs) if they met in passing i'm fucking done uh but so i guess this is another just like michael bay has always been the worst so he's living his really difficult life in the valley and he gets this internship horrible for him on one of the most famous movies of all time oh Oh, so difficult he's struggling Mm -hmm. uh he's an intern on raiders of the lost ark and i guess he spends his whole time on that movie being like this movie's gonna fucking suck (laughs) and then when it comes out he said oh it was good I want to be a film director now too and and George Lucas actually contributed to the Michael Bay oral history and he was he was shady in a way that I thought was funny he said (laughs) Michael's films are identifiable Ooh, ooh, ooh. I was like, good for you, George Lucas. You know when you see trash. <laughs> you know when you on the on the New York sidewalk and then you just get a whiff or something. That's like Michael Bay movies. Like, you know They're identifiable. I mean? You know when you pass in the shawarma and you know when you pass in the Michael Bay 
move. Uh, George Lucas out here being a bitchy obstacle to Michael Bay. Yes. Can't believe it. I you love it. You better be Teresa wife, George Lucas. <laughs> Channel that energy. Oh, I thought that was really funny. <sighs> well, I hate that this movie's fun to watch. I know. But cause... now I'm like, should I see the new one? It's not. Michael Bay doesn't appear to be involved at all. Is okay. it still written by three white guys? As far as I can tell, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a time-honored bad boys tradition. Yes. <laughs> it has to be written by people who do not know what they're talking about. If the formula works. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have two new directors on. I mean, who knows? Uh-huh. Maybe maybe it will be I'll great. use my AMC A-list Stubbs membership to see it yes. for free. Yeah, I tried to unsign up from that and then they were like you have to stay for 3 months. I'm mm. like, "Well, now I have to see Bad Boys 3." So, <laughs> it makes but it worthwhile. I will, I will see Also, it. I do love just like the grotesque waste of money in these movies because in Bad Boys 2, <laughs> they have one of those carports that you like deliver cars in, so you'll have like 12 cars kind of mm-hmm. stacked up on each other on a big rig. Yeah. They have one in, in Bad Boys 2 where they like unload it and then all the cars just start shooting off of the truck and then they're dodging the cars oh. that are just flying in the road and I was like this is so much money um, you know and it's it's horrible to think about how much money it is the new the new bad I want to see how they top it what the new bad boys has now? a 90 million dollar budget wow. so I actually I thought wonder, it would have more than that. I, I'm like, that's cat's level. Can budget. they blow up a building with that much money? I Can, don't know. Probably with a computer. Yeah. 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 But, but I, they used to blow a real building. Michael right. Bay blew so much. That there that was one of the things that they like he mentioned was he like put twenty five thousand dollars of his own money to make a couple extra cars explode. Like he worked outside the budget of the he spent See? his meatloaf money. Dork. He's a black he man. His, he spent his meatloaf money on bad boys explosions. That's what black people have to do. They were like, we'll put you in the movie, but you gotta bring some of your own money. Uh. <laughs> so he gets it. Michael Bay gets it. He's got that valley mentality. <laughs> I just I the fact the fact this man um well, well are there any other <laughs> final thoughts I hate that this movie's fun I know but it's fun it's bad in it's in so many ways so bad and yet not Michael Bay's worst as we've said before I would honestly say of what I've seen one of his best yeah for, I would again, say this is my favorite Michael Bay movie that's and and that's saying nothing I, yeah I never bad. thought I would say that sentence and I'm horrified please never like if anyone's out there trying to isolate that clip done. please You're gonna don't get <laughs> um yeah, yeah. We we rec- we hope that we've demonstrated that we understand why the shortcomings and the and the of its but it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It is. What can so, you do? So <laughs> uh, we alluded earlier that it I guess does pass the Bechdel test. I think even without asterisks, it passes in that scene because I th- I was ready to be like oh like the scene prior Mm -hmm. where max and lois are talking there's like two lines where they're not explicitly talking about a man but the context of the conversation is still about a man so i'm like oh maybe it doesn't pass but then the next scene i'm pretty sure they're talking about uh their relationship with each other about being roommates i'm a photographer i owe you one what does she owe her for we don't know Mm. but (laughs) it's referenced yeah True, but then they do start talking about Will Smith's character toward the end of that conversation. But there is, yeah, that two-line exchange at least that technically passes. And then also Julie and Teresa talk to each other, but I think they're talking only about men because Teresa shows up at Mike Lowry's uh, condo and she's like, is my husband here? And Julie's like, is he the short one or the tall one? Objectifying men. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Uh, Michael Bay, yeah. a woke king. You heard it here first on <laughs> the <Bechdel> guest. 
and probably has good politics too. You can quote us on it. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our nipple scale. Zero to five nipples oh, based man. on its representation of women. It still gets like a point two five. Yeah, like you can't give it really. I'll give it the. Uh, I'll give it and 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 keep in mind sliding scale for this one because okay, Michael sure. Bay. Give it point five. Okay, because Taylor Leone got to make a few decisions. She drove a truck for t- ten seconds. She shot a gun once. Did it ruin Club Hell? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we didn't talk about that. She shot a gun one time. She in a club in Miami. It's called Club Hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand. But anyway, so point five because Taylor Leone made decisions and they mm-hmm. didn't make her kiss at the end everything else bad 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 yes boys 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 boys, boys bad boys bad boys bad boys bad boys <laughs> look man i gotta five. i gotta give it a one nipple okay all right okay because it's got a special place in my heart i'm gonna even make the nipple maybe slightly darkened areola for okay. black man michael bay and <laughs> <laughs> stay stay strong king um <laughs> Um, no, but like I mean, I did enjoy that she didn't. Taya didn't have to kiss. She got to talk a good deal. I mean, there is one scene. Unfortunately, it's very sad. It doesn't truly like surpass the Bechdel test, but it does pass the bare minimum and mm-hmm. requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, I never saw Taya's titties. I mean, she did have to oil. We see her underwear. Up. She fall. She falls down at one point, and she's wearing a really short skirt. And then like her skirt flies up, and you see her underwear. Okay, so well, that I'm gonna blame that happen. on the wind. Okay, <laughs> but again, she's still styled more more respectfully than we see in later Michael Bay movies. Yeah, it's not like, oh, I'm running mm. from the, you know, cartel in my bra <laughs> for some reason. No, Will Smith is the, the objectified the one he's in that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, his his shirt is somehow always unbuttoned and the wind is billowing and he's, <laughs> well, he's oiled single. up. He's got to always be oily and aren't all single people just oily? I am. I'm trying to let the people know I'm out here. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> You gotta, um, you gotta be lubed up. You gotta be catching sun rays. lubing herself as we speak. Yes. <laughs> um, Sam Ike, friend of the show Sam Ike, brought up in our Men in Black episode something that I think about often. Because he, he said that the female lead in that movie does not kiss. Tessa? Is that her name? Um, Tessa Thompson. No, 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 sorry, not the oh, new not Men the in Black. Old one. Oh, the old one. Okay. The, yeah, Wait, so the, ni- yeah, the, ni- the 98 or 97 no. first Men in Black movie. 97, and it's uh, Linda Florentino. Oh, right. damn. So Blood she, we do not see her kiss anyone in that movie either, but Sam Ike speculated that it's because the male lead that would have been the, made the most sense to pair her with was black, and he speculated oh. that audiences wouldn't have wanted to see a interracial kiss. kiss. So I wonder if that is why there's no oh, kissing in this yeah. movie because it's the same actor, Will Smith. That who... would be... Damn. God damn it. Yeah. And Michael had to take some of my nipples back. I'm taking back the hairs at <laughs> I least. mean, damn it. this yeah, is that's a really... speculation, but it's not far-fetched. I but I remember that Sam yeah. saying that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's far fetched. I mean, also in the nineties, and was it the two thousands or the nineties when Save the Last Dance came out? Uh, I think it was maybe two thousand, yeah, early two thousand, early. 2000s. Yeah, but that was still when the plot of a movie was we're in an interracial relationship. That uh-huh. was the and whole plot the whole of the thing. movie. Yeah, yeah, two thousand one. Yeah. So like, 
Thank you, Sophie. So, like, that's, you know, still, like, the 90s, 2001, that's super close in time period. So that mm-hmm. makes sense that at the end of the movie, they were like, look, white people will watch two Negroes. It's just like how they let a black man be president. They're like, he's still a man. But we don't want to see him <laughs> sucking our women, okay? <laughs> we don't want to see his big old lips on our women. Uh-huh. So that makes sense to me. I Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's shitty. I, I thought they were just respecting her. Nah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, when in that, doubt, always go with racism. <laughs> that, yeah. All right. Well, shout out to Sam Mike for yeah. probably yeah. correctly calling that we thought that maybe that uh michael bay had made a choice that was nice to women but it turns out it, it was, was racist. racist yeah so uh fuck uh, uh so yeah my nipple i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give 2.5 or sorry what oh my Whoa. god what point two five. Oh my god cancel me <laughs> you know what? i gotta go down to half <laughs> okay go half down nipple? Half. Yeah, I'll, yeah i'll stick at half yeah i'm gonna go 0.25 because of like the two things that the Julie character gets to do, but everything as we've discussed is just like framing women as obstacles, framing women as damsels, framing women as frigid shrews. Uh, a lot of you know racist stereotypes are employed in this movie. Yeah, a lot of no homo moments. I mean, just it runs the whole gamut of problematic stuff. Uh, and it is a Michael Bay movie, so we are not surprised. But it is fun. <laughs> so, and I hate that <sighs> I think that. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, not. And I think it's mostly fun because of Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Like, yeah. it's fully the performances that make this movie fun. Let's not give. It's, Michael it's Bay not, deserves none you, of the You didn't like those camera film. angles? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what? I really think it was the extra car exploding that really mm-hmm. took it over the top for me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it doesn't fare well this movie um Lacey thank you so much for being thank here thank you for having me back it's always I love this show. such a treat yes I love you I love come you back anytime uh, where can we where can we find you online guys you can find me at d-i-v-a-l-a-c-i diva lacy on all platforms and guys if you uh want to hear more of my voice scam goddess pod um and oh, if you have so any good. scams you want to email me yes. scam goddesspod at gmail.com and scam goddess pod on all platforms yay yes. so good uh you can follow us bad boys oh god <laughs> take so that sorry. back right now <laughs> leave it <laughs> Uh, at Bechtelcast on social media platforms. Yes. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon, aka Matreon. It's $5 a month. You get two bonus episodes plus our entire backlog of episodes. Uh, our bad boy backlog. Our bad boy backlog. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> And uh, what else do we got? Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And check our website for upcoming tour dates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Merch uh, as well. Merch as well. But look out for that bitchy obstacle t-shirt. <laughs> Someone <laughs> remind me to make that. Um, and uh, yeah, we love you so much. Bad boys, bad boys. What, what you gonna you do? Know? What, what you, you gonna do when they come for you? Bye. Bye. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 